0: just had derek and sarah turner
1: they pastor the river church right
0: yeah just down uh, down the road
1: yeah and they're they're just really sweet people that are running after some of the things that we're talking about and running after and we really enjoyed our time together
0: tell that part about
1: derek's heart pastoral heart Uh, i was just really encouraged by his pastoral heart and how he navigates this and how he shows love of God to people that it's not really about words
0: but that it's about how how you treat people right how you do relationships yeah and there's a freedom uh, there's a lot of grace on how how he and uh, Sarah communicate a lot of grace and to be honest they got very um, vulnerable vulnerable uh, considering that they're leaders and and have some thoughts that that, um, are fresh and and maybe even stretching for some folks so it was really amazing to talk to them because uh, very good communicators very authentic and vulnerable and and man they know the love of God they do yeah they do I think th- this is going to really encourage folks because it's so practical S- Sarah talked about soul care emotional health yep. how it's important to
1: be emotionally healthy how it's important to be aware of um, your motivations and all all that stuff which you guys know makes me really happy so we did uh we talked some enneagram we talked inclusion we talked just all kinds of stuff yeah scripture
0: and the love of god the love of god the love of god Mm -hmm. so we think you're gonna enjoy this bless you guys yep have a good one how are you guys doing with uh with all of this social distancing and quarantining i mean i see you on facebook it's so encouraging and i every day you're there and you look you look good you guys are like dressed up and you look like you've brushed your hair. Well, you look composed. Yes. Did,
2: you, did you see yesterday,
0: Jason? <laughs> no, I didn't see yesterday.
2: Yesterday was a rough day for us. Um, no, we, we do. We brush our hair. And most of the time, brush our teeth. Wow.
3: Yeah, sometimes shower. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yesterday was kind of a rough day for me. But doing the Facebook Live is good because it helps me think about other people. And staying yeah. healthy, so I can help other people. Yeah. So it's just as much to help them as it is for me.
0: I don't know what you are in the enneagram, but uh, I'm a two. I'm a two-wing three.
3: Sarah's a three-wing four, and uh, yeah, twos are helpers. So uh, we like to we like to help. We have a, a mess messiah complex a little bit. We don't we don't, <laughs> don't like to ask for help, but uh, we do love to help.
2: So, yeah, we're feeling all the feelings over here. Right. (laughs) So So many feelings. So
0: many feelings.
1: Did you you decide, Jason, what you are? Did you you decide what you
0: are? I think I'm a five with a four wing. Okay. But my wife thinks I'm a four with a five wing, so...
1: And I'm a four with a three wing. Yeah. So there's a lot of feelings in this yeah. in this podcast. There's like <laughs> way too many feelings in this I'll podcast. I'll probably start
2: crying at some point, but <laughs> you guys are okay with that.
3: It's like Monsters so. Inc. Something something is gonna happen. <laughs> with all these feelings.
1: Well, we we got to interview we got to interview John Mark uh, McMillan last week and he's a four too. So there were just There were just way too many feelings in that, in that podcast.
2: (laughs) Uh
0: But uh, we've already, we've already hit record. So, so we're going to like, I mean, you you guys, we have a relationship that goes back. I was doing the math and uh, at least, at least 11 years. Wow. wow. I've at least known you guys and, and we've churched together and done life together during different seasons. And, uh, and you're, you're local and, uh, and very, I'm just very grateful for you guys. I was telling Thomas how thankful I am for you. And recently had a conversation with Derek for, he took me out to to lunch for barbecue. And we had this deep conversation about the goodness of God. And Hmm. one of the people that, uh, so encouraged me in the, in, in the last few months was uh, was Derek and having conversations with him in which uh, there was great liberty to actually rethink God. And, and uh, so we knew we wanted to have you on. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah,
3: I enjoyed it. Uh, I always love our conversations, Jason. You're you're a deep well and a great writer and uh, got a lot of a lot of
1: respect for you and your fam. Oh, thanks. Say more.
2: <laughs> Say more.
1: Oh yeah, all the validation here. Jason's Jason's loving this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yes. Tacos. Let's talk tacos for a second first. Let's just get this the, the real the real important stuff right. For sure. Let's get to it now. Are you guys, a traditional. Are you, do you, what do you do for tacos? You got a favorite taco?
2: Well, we're kind of taco snobs because we used to live in Texas. Oh. So we are big we are big Tex-Mex fans. Uh-huh. And we are also very sad that we can't have our favorite tacos here in Charlotte because our absolute favorite taco place is Torchies.
0: Torchies.
2: Have you guys experienced Torchies tacos? Oh, no,
3: but I've heard of them. I've oh, been I've been begging Torchies to-, to come to Charlotte for years yes. now. <laughs> uh the closest is Velvet Taco, which is actually now in Charlotte and um yeah. and velvet's good uh i think torchies is better wow because of the queso exclusively mm-hmm. because of the queso
2: ooh
1: yeah
2: <laughs> torchies has a queso that has guacamole in it and it's just mixed very well and their chips are thin warm and salty. Oh, God. so yeah that's our favorite
0: i can hear the passion i, I, I <laughs> I've, I've always known whenever I want to know where a good restaurant is or what, what, what's happening, I, I can check on your Facebook. You guys have always done well keeping us up on that stuff. Sarah's way better than I am.
2: We do like food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, this next part is kind of a
1: rapid fire. So we just want to ask you guys just a few questions real quick. Okay. Do you guys have a favorite book or something you're personally reading right now?
2: Right now, my favorite book, it's called Transforming Fellowship. Have y'all heard of it?
1: No, I have not.
2: It's like, it's basically like building life skills. It's in the life model works. And my counselor turned me onto that a few years ago and I've been pulling that out. And then there's also another book that kind of goes along in the same lines called passing the Peace. Cool. It's just what I need right now to keep my soul healthy. That's yeah. So cool.
3: Yeah. So I'm a big Brad Jerzak fan. Uh You guys had him on a little while back and uh I've been reading uh, pretty much anything. To get my hands on from him. Um, uh, a More christ like God was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Reading a lot of C. Baxter Kruger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is good pals with William Paul Young who wrote The Shack. Yeah. Uh, but real, real Trinitarian theology. And then he kind of c- Turned me on to getting back to some church father stuff, uh, and Athanasius has been my fave. Yes, uh, he has a state, statement in his on the Incarnation book. Basically, man was in danger of lapsing into non-being, mm. and what was a good God to do? And then the rest is all <laughs> wow. about the Incarnation. Oh, Phenomenal. We just,
1: we just had someone on. Uh, his name's Mako Nagasawa. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. And he um, he essentially kind of did a whole seminary degree on the early church and stuff like that. And he was talking about Athanasius and some of these early church fathers. And I think many of us that kind of grew up in evangelical charismatic spaces are finding a return to maybe some of that early church stuff that, you know, what, what did the church actually believe? And Mm -hmm. how was it different than maybe what was handed down to us in our, in our evangelical kind of upbringing? And so um, so I love
0: that. I love that.
1: That's really cool. Yeah.
0: I love that, uh, that you, um, Sarah, you're like, okay, soul care. Yeah. And, and <laughs> then, and then, and then Derek, you're like, you're, you're basically saying yes. And it, and it comes from this Jesus is perfect theology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like this returning to, we're, we're a good team. Yeah. You're a great team. So-
2: Derek is the theologian. I'm the feeler.
1: And the soul. Version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I love what Sarah's talking about too because I'm a therapist, so I I actually want to ask you guys about soul care. That's one of my questions, so I'm that's exciting.
2: Okay.
0: So we can either let's start here though. Let's let's start with this statement: Jesus is perfect theology.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I I kind of know a little bit about your story and your history, but I really would like you to to tell us. Maybe the last five years, what's the biggest shift that's taken place in your theology? Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, Bill Johnson's statement on Jesus being perfect theology has been a big shaper for us. And so using that as the foundation, um, I just started really questioning everything else and going back to, Mm. okay, if we have a statement from Jesus that says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, then... I need to know if that's true because I'm not seeing the same father uh, as I see in the character and nature of Jesus. And so that just began uh, probably probably five years ago, um, more in the last three. Have I been getting a little more uh, comfortable with um, embracing mystery and not having to be so confident about everything? Uh, you know, Sarah and I come from a, a rich uh, word of Faith tradition. We grew up really around that entire tribe. Uh, and in, in Word of Faith, you have this real confident faith aspect um, where, you know, obviously name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, right. that right. whole environment. That's, that's kind of all we knew growing up. So there's a real confidence of having faith in your faith. Uh, I have come to pretty much exchange that 100%. Yeah, for yeah, a hundred percent of my faith needs to be in one place, and that's in the love of my f- father. Yeah. Mm. The love my father has for me. Yeah, so I am going to exhaust everything I have to believe that my father loves me. That's to me, that's faith. If my faith is in the right, the right place, so it's not so much about the quantity of faith. Yeah, it's about the yeah. the placement of faith. And even mustard seed faith says the smallest amount of trust in a loving father uh, will, will connect me to everything I need to have the character and nature of Jesus shaped in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in John 17, I think this is probably the first place I saw it. Yeah. This is what really changed it for me. Uh, Jesus is praying with his disciples in the garden. And at one point he says, Hey, I'm not praying for just these that can hear me. I'm praying for all those that will believe on me through their word. So that's us. we, yeah were, you know, handed down from the oral uh, history of the eyewitnesses to Jesus's resurrection, the the disciples. Yeah. And so he's praying for us. And so it goes on. And most people kind of stop in um, the end of the chapter there where it says that they may become one, even as we are one. And that's great. I love the oneness element. It's important. But to me, the bigger statement was Jesus praying and that they would believe, Father, that you love them as much as you love me. I mean, if I have to put my faith in something, I'm going to at least put it in the fact that maybe Jesus's prayer might get answered, that he prayed that that I would believe. That, I, that It's tough for me to believe that God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Very easy for me to believe that he loves Jesus. Um, but then you have
0: that statement from
3: Jesus in that prayer. It's like, okay, I can align myself with that prayer.
0: And then it says, so that the whole world will know. Correct. The, the, it, right in the in that scripture is the invitation uh, to be loved and to be confident in, in in our Father's love, like Jesus is. And then the evidence of it is that the world would see, uh, you know, its sons and daughters living confident in that place. And and the evidence is that the world would see it. They would know. They would know love like like we've discovered. I man, I, what I love is what you shared about mystery too, um, because for me, um, one of the biggest things. Uh, one of the biggest phrases, and I've probably already shared this in other podcasts, is I don't know, but he's good. That was uh, probably one of the foundational statements of our house. Uh, with Jesus being perfect theology, uh, suddenly I was finding, like you said, my understanding or my faith was in my understanding of what I'd been taught, of how scripture was read. It was in my understanding. And it was in conflict with the goodness of God revealed through Jesus or the goodness of my father revealed through Jesus. And so so the way that I navigated that early on was I literally would actually come to places where I would say, I don't, you know, I'm reading scripture. I don't know, but he's good. He looks like Jesus. And I would be willing to live in the mystery, the tension of not knowing, the mystery of not knowing. And therefore, and therefore, uh, there was opportunity to repent, to change the way I think and get a better thought. Yeah.
2: I think that's a big thing that changed for Derek and me because I think before, um, especially in our early years of pastoring, we felt like we had to have an answer for everything. Right? If anybody came to us, we needed to have an understanding of exactly what was going on. This is what's happening and tell people, like this is what's going on. This is right. where, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever, but that's where it's like, okay, I don't understand everything. And we've had some really hard things happen to some people that we love dearly. And like my mantra during that whole time was, I don't understand it, but I know he is good and he's with me. Wow. Whereas before I really felt like I had to understand everything and I didn't leave any room for mystery. And I really embrace those times because it's not about my understanding at all. It's about trusting in how much God loves me. Hmm. And I think before, we would exalt our understanding way above anything else. And that's been, for me, something that's changed.
3: Wow. One thing that stuck out to me was that you forfeit peace that passes understanding when you try to understand everything all the time. (laughs) You're literally giving yourself this block for a peace that passes understanding by trying to figure everything out. And that's why mystery, I think, is so important to embrace. Mm.
1: Wow, that's, that's, I need That's insightful. (laughs) I think it, it reminds Mm -hmm. me too of, um, you know, Pete Ends does a lot. I don't know if you guys have heard of Pete Ends. Love (laughs) Pete Ends. Yeah, he's, we'd love to have him on here at at some point. But he, he talks about the difference between certainty and faith Mm -hmm. and how, you know, there are times where, you know in our christian upbringing where we have said that to have faith is to be certain about everything mm-hmm. and how that is not it's not necessarily accurate and it actually sets you up for failure because it it actually then when you don't have an answer to something you feel like your whole faith is kind of you 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 think you don't have a strong faith yeah <laughs> you think you don't have a strong um, you know, walk or whatever kind of language we want to use. And um, so, what I hear you guys talking about there is that there's a difference between having certainty and, and having faith. So, mm-hmm. thank you guys for 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 saying that. One of the things that Jason and I have really been, you know, talking about with ourselves, but also with the people we um, we've had on, is you know, what are some of the ways you guys read scripture? We've been asking about ways to read scripture that are maybe different than what was handed down to us would you guys mind just maybe talking a little bit about for you guys how you know what are some ways in which you guys read scripture that are the same that are different i mean you guys can just go off of that if you don't mind
3: yeah um i i basically um well i'll start here when jesus was talking to some pharisees and he basically said look you guys are searching the scriptures, thinking that you'll find eternal life. Um, And they point to me. Hmm. Everything you're reading points to me. Um, To me, that's just a new hermeneutic to say, (laughs) if we're not trying to find Jesus on every page of the Bible, then we're completely missing the point. (laughs) So with that being said, I think the biggest thing for me that, that dropped off was two words that's inerrant and infallible. And I know you're going to probably get in trouble for saying stuff like this. Love it. But I've exchanged those words with inspired and authoritative. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. And because you have basically a library in your lap, you've got 66 different books with different genres, poetry, mythology, eyewitness accounts. I mean, you name it. It'd be like, for me, it'd be like walking into a library um, you know getting Steinbeck's novel and uh and reading it and then going back to the library and being told hey well you know that that was fiction you know right <laughs> and uh, and then you're gonna say well dang it then nothing in this library is true at all I don't believe any of it <laughs> um that's good so bro. why don't we look at the bible that way and also I think we have to recognize that you know God lets his kids tell his story yeah um, so there's as much to find out about how we can Misview God through the writers, particularly in the Old Testament, right? Um, and, and say, Well, okay, then there must have been a misunderstanding of a God that doesn't look like Jesus because of man's inability to, uh, to see that at that time at that place. So, yeah, that's changed completely. And when I read the Bible, I, I love the Word of God, believe me. I, I would never, yeah. Diminish the word of God, but I would say it's it's uh, inspired and authoritative, yeah. not necessarily
1: inerrant and infallible. Yeah, mm. yeah. What about for you, Sarah?
2: <laughs> well, it's just funny listening to Derek because when he first started talking this way, y'all, I thought he was like, "This is heresy." <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, you, "You can't be talking this way. You're a pastor. All these things um... we built is just all going to come crumbling down." Oh, and man, um, yeah. but then I started talking to Jesus. And really for me, like seeing things, everything through the lens of Jesus, not through the lens of what I've been taught, not through the lens of, well, this person says this yeah, and just everything through the lens of Jesus and through God's love for me. And I vividly remember one day when Derek was talking to me, because I've been a little slower to jump on this train than Derek. <laughs> um, when he was talking to me one day, I almost started crying in just the how much my father loves me <laughs> and that he, I have looked at him in this, as far as God in this way of just the punishment and the wrath that he had, but realizing this, the Trinity why it's so important to believe in the Trinity that he's always been Jesus. Jesus has always been with it. It's three in one and why that's so important because I feel like I know Jesus well.
0: Yeah.
2: And so then looking through the Old Testament, through the light of who Jesus is, yes. has really changed yes. everything for me. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, Jesus is the person of who Jesus is, has changed all of it. Yeah. And so that's how I read scripture now. And and for me, it's also been recognizing things that I was taught yes. might just be wrong yeah. <laughs> and being okay with that.
1: Right. Sarah, that, just to, just my wife's name is sarah too and i remember when i started talking to sarah about like could it be that you know maybe the whole bible isn't literal you know could it be that Mm -hmm. there's and, and sarah who if you guys have some enneagram knowledge she's a six on the Enneagram, so like security okay. and stability are very important yeah. for her. <laughs> she literally <laughs> said, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> and um, she was like, this is not what I'm, you know, this is not what I thought it was gonna go. And, yeah. and part of my, I mean, if I'm vulnerable for a second, part of my, uh, the way I approached that was probably not the healthiest because I was so passionate about these ideas that i wanted her to see it my way and Mm. then once i started letting go of the ways in which i was so passionate about it and allowed her to kind of just hopefully see that i was being transformed more into the image and likeness of christ um it was that that actually got her to a place i was like well maybe there's something here it wasn't and i think that's a great way to think about evangelism in our day and age that it's less about the words that we say and more about
2: For sure. Are we
1: being molded into the kind of people that people actually want to like reflect?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's really, that's kind of how I judged it with Derek because I'm like, you can tell me all these theological things, but if I don't see you loving more, if I don't see you more joyful, then I'm not buying it. And when I saw him change, that's when I got like a greater longing to then find out more of what he was, what he had to say. So Yeah. And
3: I'm, wow. believe me, still working on it. That's Obviously haven't, uh, haven't arrived yet, <laughs> but, uh, but I've definitely right um, seen more, you know, transformation in my own life, especially with how I view others. Cause there was always this like insider outsider, uh, mentality. Uh, whereas now it's like yeah. a, a, inclusion has completely, uh, completely eradicated tribalism from my life. And I see people now as basically there's two people. There's, there's people who know Jesus and people who need to know Jesus, but their eyes are simply blinded. They're they're blinded to a reality that they actually already possess. Uh, It kind of comes back to, you know, when were you saved? Well, people can maybe name a date, you know, youth camp, eighth grade, uh, went to the altar, cried, (laughs) said the prayer, Um, no, you, you were saved on the, on the cross of Jesus Christ. That's your salvation. Uh, so that's the place that you have already been saved. You are now being saved and you will be saved, uh, with, you know, an, an eternal new body and, and, uh, that, that, that whole, that whole thing. But in this process of realizing that it's not insider outsider, it's, Jesus entered into the darkness of every person in the world. And I just can't see how what Adam did to infect all of mankind is going to trump, pardon the pun, <laughs> what Jesus has yeah, done on the yeah. cross.
0: It To me, grace has to be greater. Yeah. I remember when uh, I was a couple of years back, I was at a service and the, the preacher got to the point where he was taking an altar call and, um, you know, for new salvations and, and uh, he made a statement, and it, it helped me recognize what I believed his statement was uh, when Jesus died. And then he, you could see he did quick math. He's like, oh, there's 7 billion people in the world. Let's, let's imagine that um, when Jesus died, um, maybe there's been 10 billion in all of history. Let's imagine when Jesus died that uh, 2 billion died with him. And so he did, did the math real quick. He said, "Let's imagine when Jesus died, two billion died with him; two billion were raised." And I realized in that moment, I realized that my theology had shifted to inclusion, meaning that I believe that when Jesus died, all humanity rose; that all that all things are being restored and made new. And uh, and I and I realized that day that the good news was getting better. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, here I I would actually.
3: Uh... And, and people might call this heresy, but this is, to me, if the Paul said the mystery of the gospel, the entire mystery of the gospel, is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Okay, well then, who does that not apply to? Is it only in you to those that have walked the aisle and said the prayer? Or could I encourage people, instead of getting them to say some prayer, hey, go home tonight. And when you're alone, ask Hey Jesus, are you in there?
0: <laughs> and
3: see what see what happens. Yeah. And uh, I mean that that's if, if all flesh died in Adam, then was all flesh then incarnated with Jesus, and they yeah. just are blind to it. Yeah. See, I, I don't know fully. I can't theologically
0: yeah. explain it. Yeah. Um, but I'm really hopeful. Amen. Me too. Hopeful is the word. It's the word. And I'll say this. And and and, and Sarah, you made this comment that once upon a time, because I've 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 pastored as well, and and I've been in leadership, and and you feel this um, great weight to have the answers, and uh, and and man, it's overwhelming. You know, I don't even know half half the time how I'm going to make it through the day. You know. And uh, and here I am pastoring people, but I remember as I was getting this, I remember one time I had a young lady come into the Starbucks, and she came into the Starbucks, and I knew her. She came over, I asked her how she was doing, and she said, "Oh, it's awful. Uh, you know, I have I, I need a, a new apartment. Uh, my uh, my boyfriend's breaking up with me, and my dad is sick." And so I said, "Well, let's pray." And I and I and I started to pray for her, and. Being taught that you pray on earth as it is in heaven, I said, Well, let's. In my head, I went, Okay, there's, you know, there's great riches in heaven. You know, God's got all the wisdom on relationship, and uh, he's, he, there's, no, there's no sickness in heaven. So I, I was about to pray for her for these things with what I understood, and God interrupted me. I felt my father up me and say, Hey, what are you doing? I'd actually t- told her to stand up, assume the position, and we're going to pray in Starbucks, close your eyes. She had her hands out and her eyes closed. And I felt my father really strongly say, Hey, what are you doing? And uh, I, I paused. I said, I, I, I was going to pray for her. <laughs> and he said, He said this, and it was so profound. He said, Tell her how I see her. <clears throat> and so all I did was shift my perspective and, and, and say, Well, Father, show me how you see her. I started to see the intrinsic value in her, I started to see the father, how he saw her. He saw her as a spiritual giant. He saw her as capable. He saw her as one with him already. And so I just began to speak that over her, and, and it shifted everything in how I do ministry. It's like, whether even whether you know him or not, my job is to, is to actually reveal how the father sees you and call that out in you, to begin to speak that out of you. So I love you saying, go home, and trusting that, that the father knows what he's doing, that you can go home and talk to him and the father can speak to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, you know,
3: I think most people typically have an, an issue with uh, with God, uh, but they really like Jesus, um, and so I think our our main role in proclaiming Jesus, proclaiming the cross, the resurrection, that the perfect image of God, the mirror image of God, is in Jesus, is the way to begin to uh, bring a restoration to that you know, that retributive God that we see uh, in the Old Testament um, to a restorative God that we see in Jesus. And and that there, there's a possibility to say, okay, there is no contradiction. And that's where you get people that are, you know, they worship the Bible more than they worship the living word. And uh, yeah. Brad Jerzek says this better than anyone else, but he talks about a scenario where he asked a Orthodox father uh, figure for him whether or not uh, it was genocide that God called for genocide when you know Saul uh, Samuel told Saul to go kill all the Amalekites babies donkeys you know right. everyone and um, and he said no absolutely not and he said well it says God said and he goes God never said that yeah and for <laughs> me that was like wait what and he said anytime the written word has to bow its knee to the living word, we're going to go with the living word every time. That's so good. I was like, wow, okay. I don't know how to explain that to
0: my congregation, but maybe I don't need to right now. <laughs> right. Hey guys, just a quick break to let you know that you can find Thomas and I on familystory.org You can also sign up for the mailing list where we release weekly articles, a uh, monthly message podcast, and then we keep you up to speed on any opportunities, teachings, uh, travels that we're doing.
1: You guys can check out my Instagram page. I'm posting stuff on mental health, wholeness, inner healing. I also do a good amount of work with the Enneagram, and I'm, I'm going to be doing a couple of Facebook lives here coming up. My Instagram handle is my first name, my middle initial, and my last name. So that's Thomas F. Floyd. <laughs>
0: and mine is Jason Clark is.
1: Jason Clark is. Yes, yes is what is there
0: <laughs> is whatever you need them to be Jason whatever Darnies. you want them to be yeah so go to a or check out our instagram handles for more content and information bless you guys we'll get back to this podcast we've had this conversation and i was going to ask you about that so you set it up perfect um uh, and i and this is for both you guys um it's not you know new to you Uh, you've pastored for a long time um often often folks um well as a pastor your job is to serve to lay your lives down to reveal the father Uh, but often along the way um folks are offended or concerned or might call you names (laughs) and yet and yet the great And I've seen you guys do this. There's this great grace to be able to communicate in such a way that 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 everybody's welcome, that everybody's included. And so, as leaders, and maybe this is a long-winded question, but but as pastors, as leaders, not just in your own church, but in this area, how are you navigating um, the the folks that this terrifies that maybe that are that are interacting with a retributive, punitive uh, God still, and uh, this seems almost too good to be true. Uh, very slowly.
3: Yeah. I, this has been a three to five year process for me yeah. and things that I'm now like pretty sure about that, uh, you know, I used to not be so sure about. Um, I can't just impose those upon people. I've got to bring yeah. them along in a way that love would bring them along. Yeah. And uh, so there's there's a time in it. But I mean, to me it's it's consistently pointing people back to Jesus. Mm. Um, the moment you start getting pushback from someone to say, well, you're just creating a God in your own image, it's like, no, I'm creating a God in the image of Jesus. And that's mm. the one I'm sticking that's with. Good. You know, if God is love, he doesn't just have love, he is love, then Jesus is what looks like, what love looks like in a human being. And so I need to embrace that myself in the way that I bring people along. And trust me, I didn't do it right at the beginning. With Sarah, I was all like, no, you're crazy. This is wrong. You've been believing wrong all along, you know, and (laughs) you guys both know that that doesn't work.
2: Yeah, you saw how well that worked.
1: She she wasn't allowed to leave.
2: (laughs) I'm
1: glad glad I wasn't the only one that did that. No, not
2: at all. But that's one thing, though, that I do appreciate about Derek is he has been very patient with I mean, he jokes about with me, but he has been very patient with me. He's been very patient with staff and just kind of dropping little things here and there. Um, And so I'm thankful for that because he's not coming in and dropping these huge bombs with people, but just little little nuggets. But I think a big part of it is we've been doing this for so long, people have developed a real trust in our leadership yes. and we're very honest and very transparent with people.
0: It's that's so good. It's, you know, I've, it's not about being right for sure. Um, And that's the beautiful thing about what I've been awakening to over the years is it really isn't about being right. You know, I, I think I have one responsibility. It's the same one that Jesus had just to reveal dad wherever I go. Yes. And, uh, and, and we're all on a journey. I love that, that what you're saying It's we're all on a journey.
1: Yeah. That, uh... That's really, really good. One of the, um, you know, one of the things that I have found in regards to helping people navigate um, the newness of this is that I, I I, keep pointing them back to, you know, in Derek, you kind of talked about this, but the early church fathers and You know, the Council of Nicaea and these things that I think many of us are advocating for are not new ideas, you know, and I, I feel like in my conversations with people, the hesitancy of, well, is this heresy? Are you guys making stuff up? Are you guys making it up as we go? There's, it's solidified, I think, more when we, when I can point them to, you know, this is not us just wanting God to be, you know, a 1960s California hippie that just is cool with everything, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not about like it's not that we're afraid of hard things. hashtag I'm an Enneagram four, right? So like it's not it's not that I'm afraid of, um, you know, running into hard things, but it's how how has the church actually historically? Looked at this, and could it be that in the midst of everything, um, we have maybe missed some things? And by we, I mean, you know, some of our evangelical charismatic upbringing. So for me, I don't know that that's just been helpful in conversation with with people.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact that um, God is all merciful is not a novel concept. Um, it actually is one of the first revelations of who who He is. Yeah. Uh, in we see that in the Old Covenant. So, you know, going back helps us to kind of see really what the really big, big, big issues are, and, and then once we get those in place, then then we can start kind of looking at all the other maybe negotiable things that like, well, it doesn't really matter if you believe that or not, but here's the things that are super, super important. And uh, for me, you know, a God that looks like Jesus is super, super important and everything else kind of needs to follow that pattern. Mm. Um, I mean, it, this struck me the other day, uh, but you know, what if we got vengeance wrong? Mm -hmm. Uh, What if God's vengeance is actually mercy? Mm, um bro. I mean that but that's not a novel concept. This is something that that you know goes back and I I think uh it, you know it's once people can hear it from like a a source they respect. Yeah. Um and you the thing you need to realize is you may not be it. Right. Uh, Correct. Sarah <laughs> heard I mean, I've been I've been on Brad Brad Jurczak's material for a really long time. Yeah. I've been trying to get her to read this and do this. And um she actually listened to a podcast with uh, Michael John Kuzak. Uh, oh yeah
1: restoring the soul restoring the soul soul. sarah's a huge
3: fan loves it i am too well he had brad on and so she listened to two of the podcasts and all of a sudden it's like derek have you heard this brad guy (laughs) you know it's like uh, (laughs) yeah why don't you listen to him i think that's a good idea i
2: was like like, derek this guy is saying a lot of the same things you've been talking about (laughs) have you heard of him
3: that's (laughs) the best that's but awesome. yeah, I think I think that's another thing is that it has to come from a source yes. that the person can receive from at the time in their life. So that's where you yeah. just have to realize that there's times where it's just hey, it's okay to walk away. Wow. And but let's let's keep love at the forefront of everything. And like I said, I'm not an expert in this. Believe me, but it's my one pursuit. That if Amen. if now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, then I'm going to pursue love um, in the, in the way that I deal with people, the way I treat people. Um, and I hope to, uh, wow. I hope to grow in that.
1: That is, that is so interesting. <laughs> Derek, our, our experiences are very similar because when I was trying to tell Sarah about some of this stuff, I would think about people that would be like the least controversial that Sarah would be open to. And it was like, it wasn't working. And then Sarah listened to this guy called Peter Rollins, who I would have I had listened to before, but he was so out and left field, but it was that guy that for Sarah, she was like, I think there's a lot of truth to this. And then an opening came, right? (laughs) But for me, this guy was so far out that I was, I didn't even think to introduce him to her, but she had to go on her own journey of what, you know, unlearning and, and, and relearning. One of the, one of the questions that we wanted to ask you guys about, too, is, you know, I've heard you guys talk, by the way, um, Derek and Sarah do, uh, is it River Live? Is that what it's called? Every.
3: Yeah, yeah River River Live.
1: Every day uh, at 1 p.m. And I've been getting a lot out of that. Uh, it's been a real, it's been a real blessing to me. And, and one of the things that you guys talk about is, you know, being emotionally healthy and um, for me, part of my journey has been, you know, quoting pizza zero here, but it's impossible to be spiritually mature and emotionally unhealthy. Like we, emotional maturity is so important. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about, about that? I've heard you guys talk about that in the river live thing, but, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
2: It's been a huge part of my journey for the last 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, basically the bottom fell out of our world and it just, everything kind of came crashing in on us. And I was very, um, unhealthy in my soul and not really aware of it because our background, it's all about your spirit man. And, and then a little bit of talk about your body, but not any talk about your soul. Right. Right. And I got to the point where, honestly, I was suicidal But I didn't talk about it because our background is you don't say any negative confessions, but my thoughts were as toxic as they could be. And I got a hold of a Caroline Leaf book. She has been a huge influence on my Mm -hmm. life and just about the importance of our thoughts and because I thought, well, I'm not speaking it, so it's not bad, <laughs> but I just got to such an unhealthy place. So I have these last 10 years devoured everything I possibly can about the importance of an emotionally healthy leader. Mm. We're all about Peter casero at our church and I'm listening to his yes. podcast. His podcast right now have really helped me too and um, how to navigate this, but to me, I can't, if I don't love myself well, and that to me is soul care, then I'm not loving other people well. And so it all starts with that. It's kind of sounds selfish, but it's the most selfless thing I can do Mm -hmm. to fully love myself well. And I kind of do these daily check-ins with my heart. I'm very aware of the thoughts that I'm thinking, aware of the thoughts I'm thinking about myself thoughts I'm thinking about Derek, my girls. Um, and so it's really important to me because that's where everything comes out of your soul. Yeah, And that's because John talks about beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And we talked a lot about prosperity, but not about soul prosperity. And I don't think I really knew what that meant until 10 years ago when my soul was very unprosperous. Mm. If that makes sense.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for that vulnerability, Sarah, um, that, um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that.
3: Yeah, and uh, and when Sarah talks about our world crashing down, I mean, I was primarily responsible for that. I was, you know, a, uh, a pastor that was going full speed, like in, quote, faith, um, you know, kind of trying to buy land and build buildings and grow the church. And I mean, when we started the church in 2003, we grew about 100 people a year per year. And um, uh, we, we bought you know 52 acres of land. We bought a, a building across from UNC Charlotte. We had a Christian school. And all of these things were things that I was like running after going toward without really Sarah engaged. Mm in, in helping. So when she talks about the, it came crashing down, I mean, I was the one really responsible for that. And we had to, we had to like close the church in shame. I mean, and uh, just completely shut things down and we were done. We weren't going to pastor anymore. Um, Our marriage was like on the rocks. And um, uh, that's when we really realized how important it was that number one, we be in agreement and be connected Um, we, you know, embraced counseling and then we were really open with people about it from then on. And the, the restoration story is, is good and it's still being written, but, uh, um, you know, I take responsibility for that. And I look back now and I realize, man, I was doing all these things in the name of God and the name of, of, you know, building a church and being a pastor and operating in faith. But, um, man wrecking my family and if if what god calls us to do wrecks our family then i think we're listening to the wrong god
1: yeah wow amen
0: (laughs) yeah that's uh that's that idea that uh that jesus came to reveal dad Uh, you know he 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 revealed god as dad and and him as a son and the context of family was everything and uh and basically showed us what it looks like to live from that place to live mm-hmm. as opposed to for something because i understand i understand this this uh, very well you know most of my life was a uh, was a, a, a neurosis of of insecurity and 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 pursuit and trying to do things for god trying to find my identity and purpose and and, and doing things for him and uh boy when i when I realized that uh, Jesus got a well pleased before he did any of the stuff that he, he actually did all of the stuff from his father's pleasure man that that's when you start everything starts shifting mm-hmm. and you realize the goodness of the goodness the goodness of our father we're back around to Jesus showed us what he's like and he's good all the time he's loved yeah that's good I love what you said Sarah about um, uh, loving yourself. Mm-hmm. First John, we love because he first loved. Mm-hmm. Is maybe that like the Rosetta Rosetta Stone, uh, or yeah. it's like the key to you know love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Like everything boils down to that. And then we mm-hmm. love because he first loved. But it's even when you shared it, I, that verse took a different uh, uh, took a different meaning again because you can't give away what you don't have. And so you receive, and then you give, and we love because you first love. If you can love yourself like he loves you, if you can see yourself like he sees you, and you begin to love yourself that way, you actually live now in this, this place of health. You actually have something to give.
2: Yeah, mm. and you can you can rest in that. The striving is gone, and there's just an assurance that comes from like, okay, God, we're good. I'm good. Mm. So.
1: <laughs> so... I. Uh- I also think that a lot of this, and if you guys have heard of Pete Tezzaro, I mean, he talks a lot about this, but there's there's so much wisdom in different streams of Christianity. And there, you know, Pete talks a lot about contemplative spirituality, right? Tapping into a more slowed down kind of spirituality that doesn't necessarily always assume to go onward and forward 24-7 is the way to go. And so one of the, I mean, one of my big things that I've learned from him is that, um, there's so much wisdom in the faith that is, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to jump ship. It's, it's within our, it's in our, it's in our faith, it's in our church history. And, and so I, he's, I mean, Pete has just taught me a lot about kind of a more slow down kind of spirituality that, that is not, uh, Like you said, Derek, you know, one hundred percent all the time, full full force ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I I was out at a place where God, you know, like wasn't going. (laughs) I was I was heading a direction that He wasn't really interested in. That's exhausting. It It is. is. It's exhausting, and uh, (laughs) you know, back to that that uh, statement that Sarah was talking about. um, You know, when we have this boiled down to that command of. You know, love God, love people basically is what people translate it as, but they forget the, as you love yourself part. And I mean, that verse clearly says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then I think one translation says, and the second is equally important. Yeah. So just yeah. as important and yeah. as, you know, receiving this love from God and knowing that our father loves us and, and with that love, loving him back. Now we have this thing where, unless we have received, you'll never love a neighbor, uh, greater than the degree that you've received love for yourself. So yeah. self-love no longer becomes a selfish thing. It is, man, I am growing in my capacity as a son and, or a daughter to be able to love other people properly. Um, I'm loving my neighbor as I love myself. And I mean, how did we miss that?
0: Right. Right. It's such a high view of, of humanity. Um, you know, I remember when the phrase, I first heard the phrase by Dan Moeller many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, uh, he made the statement, I'm so worth the blood of Jesus. And I gotta be honest, the world I grew up in, that felt really wrong to say. Like I heard it and thought, that seems self-focused, it seems, uh, but, but but if I just thought about it logically, it's it's factually true. <laughs> Him, he literally thought I was worth shedding blood over, mm. and and this idea that loving God is as equal as being loved by Him. In fact, the idea that those that they 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 can't exist apart from each other is such a is such a shift in so many different perspectives regarding our value, regarding how He actually feels about us, how He actually sees us uh, through Christ, how He actually values us. I just. I don't know that that gets me all excited. To me that's the good news. Yeah, yeah 100%. And
3: I mean, actually that was my my Easter message was all about the treasure in the field and how, you know, when you find the treasure in the field, you're you're willing to go and give everything to buy the field so that you can get the treasure and how how we've seen that in traditional interpretation as hey jesus is the treasure in the field and i'm willing to give everything i have to buy that field so i can have that treasure and i'll i'll plant myself in this earth and buy that field well i think it's the opposite i think you're the treasure in the field i think jesus was willing to come and plant himself (laughs) and buy the whole field so he could have the treasure that is you for the joy set before him you he endured the cross i mean he became one of us eternally to rescue all of us. Wow. That's huge. Just, yeah. that's, a,
0: that's good news, man. Yeah, it's good news. <laughs> mm.
1: I love it. Well, we, I mean, Derek and Sarah, we're just so grateful for you two and just what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, I, Derek, I, I love your stance of you being in a place of uh, wrestling with some of this stuff, but having to learn that for some people it may not come immediately and, and, and living in that tension. Cause I'm sure that you can probably think sometimes, well, I wonder what would happen if, you know, everybody was on board. And I just, I just think that's talking about emotional maturity. I mean, that that's emotional maturity right there. <laughs> you know, that's, that's being willing to, to really model what, what Jesus was all about. So we, um, we're just, uh, this has been, a really really good interview i i you guys don't see it but i've been like raising my hands to some of the things you guys have been saying i've been very expressive because you guys are jiving with some of the things that have been very formational for me in my own uh you know spirituality here in the last few years so um thank you guys so much love it. yeah
3: and hey thomas jason both wives involved when, when this uh, quarantine's over tacos yeah. are all on me yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and I know you I know you mean that that's yes. amazing yes we'll do it hey uh, we typically uh, close these out uh, a few ways one is and uh, I, I think we've already done it but uh, what is what if there was one thing burning right now in the two of your hearts like the thing, especially with quarantining and all that's going on right now, what's, what's that one thing that you're like, I, I, if I, if you and I sat down and had coffee, you'd be like, Jason, we have to talk about this right now.
2: I got, yeah, for me, cause I'm actually, I preached this message for this coming Sunday and I listened to it over again today, but grace and peace, like giving grace to yourself, mm, yeah. giving grace to other people, It's so important right now because none of us have ever walked through anything like we're walking through right now. We're grieving and we're not even aware of it. And so, really give yourself grace. That's good. Give your, like, experience God's peace and God's rest so that you then can give that to other people. Grace and peace.
1: That's good. So good.
3: Yeah. And uh, I, I think for me, um, I have just been so locked in on how good this news really is. Um, and, and just trying to find how it's even better than I thought. You know, if, if he can do abundantly above and beyond anything we can ask or think, like there's some things I can ask or think now that are like way higher than anything before. And it's like, whoa, he's better than that. And right. Yeah. I think just that emphasis on love, um, you know, love is who god is and then all these other facets are facets of love it's like love is the diamond and then there's these other facets because you know yeah. you get the you get the pushback from people they'll say well, well yes. yeah god is love but he's also holy and i'm like okay well if there's a holiness that's void of love then i don't really want anything to do with it yeah. that sounds like a pharisee to me right so uh, coming back to that love, bringing people back to that element, that that's who God is. And, it, and we see Amen. it clearly so in Jesus. Good. That's
1: good. Where can, uh, where can people find you and, and what you guys are doing and your church and all that stuff?
3: Yeah, just uh, rivercharlotte.com is our website. Uh, you can get to everything else from there. Um, yeah, come hang out with us uh, at River Live every Monday at one o'clock on our, our Facebook page. And uh, it's me and Sarah in our kitchen just uh, talking to people in the chat room or in the comments. And uh, I just dated myself. It was like AOL there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us on MySpace, awesome. guys. Um, but yeah, um, and, uh, and man, you're, you guys are always welcome at, uh, at River Church when we start meeting again. We'd, we'd love to hang out. Yeah, it's a beautiful
0: place. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to hanging out again. Yeah, I'm ready for tacos. I've got something to look forward to now. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Bless you guys. Love y'all.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it encouraged. Uh, we had a lot of fun making it.
1: If you guys want to subscribe to this podcast, please do. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All of them. Anywhere you might listen and, to podcasts. And leave a review.
0: Leave a review. Also, if you want to follow us on uh, social media, Um, You can go uh, to, uh, I know this man has a Twitter account. Uh, We both do. Um, And if you want to find us uh, online, we're at afamilystory.org, afamilystory.org. Also, you can reach me there if you want to get a hold of us for any reason at uh, jason at afamilystory.org.
1: We're excited that you guys are on this journey with us, and we look forward to releasing more content. Yeah, thanks. See you.